to the AIM podcast. Today we sit down with special guest, Mac Hereford. In this episode, we talk about his time and experience playing football at the University of Alabama under legendary coach Nick Saban. We talk about his transition from playing college sports to what he's currently doing now as a social media influencer and brand consultant. You guys are going to love this episode as we dive into the power of building your personal brand and helping people along the way. Let's dive right into this episode. Without further ado, Mac Hare. Mac, thank you so much for jumping on the AIM podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Happy to be uh, happy to be invited, and you know, excited for the conversation, and, and look forward to it. I've been seeing your stuff, and you've been crushing it. So, uh, yeah, ready to let it rip. Let's get it, bro. Thank you so much. No, man, I'm I'm pumped. I think you bring you're going to be able to bring so much value to this conversation. I think there's a lot of cool things we could talk about. But even before we dive into the good stuff, I got to ask you, how do you catch a football with one finger, bro? Because I've tried it so many times and I can't figure it out. It's a it's a wild thing. It's funny. You're not the first uh, person and probably not going to be the last who's asked me this question. Um, but yeah, I'll give you a little background on that too. So I started doing, I saw a video out there that was kind of someone was doing something similar, but they had someone else filming it. So I'm like always figuring out how do I amplify ideas that are online and, and you know, make them my own, make them a little bit different. And so I was like, okay, well, one, I don't necessarily have people who are, who are willing to come out and shoot videos with me all the time or anything. And then two, it's like, okay, can I film this myself, give people like that POV yeah. and then just do it? So I went out, I always took pride in my hands in, in football. You know, I, I think in high school, I was like, I think I had a hundred percent completion rate. So, which would meant like any ball that touched my hands, my senior year, I call it. Uh, and so like, I always prided myself on that, worked on my hands a lot, would do drills. And so I had that like ability already to catch pretty well. Uh, and then, you know, got out there, put the camera in, in one hand and then my hand out in the other and was trying it was like five okay four three fingers two fingers whatever two fingers was pretty tough and challenging and then it's like one like how do i how do i do this is it possible uh <laughs> the first person i ever did it with was uh, quarterback ken seals from vanderbilt and yeah it was just i guess it requires you to kind of like it's almost that same concept of how people do parkour where they <laughs> jump off a building and they like you know they roll or whatnot i yeah. took that same thing like you gotta stop you gotta kind of like go with it a little bit yeah, so yeah. it's like so right. I, the ball comes to the finger and you kind of got to glide it down and then balance it. So it requires you to have that like hand-eye coordination and then just like balancing. It took a lot of tries. And then like, you know, sometimes like it takes a lot longer than other times. Other times it's it's pretty quick. But uh, yeah, I don't really know how to explain it. I guess you just kind of glide it down. I love it, dude. No, that's it's cool, man. And honestly, it's funny you kind of already touched on it. But like the way you even think thought about that idea of like how can I make this different how can I kind of put my own twist on it obviously it's cool to like see you do the trick but I'm sure that's a theme that you've you could we could talk about all day about how you've kind of applied that same mindset to everything you've done whether it be football or or business now consulting working with brands or influencers I'm sure that's something you've obviously kind of thought of differently yeah absolutely I mean it's it's a great way to I people might hate me for saying this but I, I don't really read a lot of books not that I think that, like <laughs> books are bad but my whole concept is like I think getting out and getting experiences uh and and it, if I think almost in a way like books everyone preaches books and again I, I probably should read more books I, I can't say I've read that many books at all but my whole concept and idea is like okay if I go out there and I paid this new way and I don't necessarily have these 
preconnotations of what things are supposed to be in that situation. Yeah. Like I saw something and I kind of amplified it or whatever, but for the most part, I like to try to like do things just differently. Like that's the whole, the style, like people say, you can't do something this way. I like to go out and do it completely the opposite uh, or test like the, the norms and like the way that people think things can be done. And I think that's helped me like creatively um, you know, whether again, working for business, businesses, brands, whatever it may be coming to the table with ideas that people might not even have heard of before. Yeah, no, I love that, dude. And honestly, I think that's, you know, a lot of people, I think, have this fear or hesitation to go do something because they don't feel like they've gained enough knowledge on the subject or the idea to go execute. But to your point, I agree. I think when you just go do something and get that experience, you're going to figure it out. You're going to learn. And likely it might not be such a, a linear path as you envision in your head. But in those moments, that's when you can start to adapt and modify and, you know, pivot when needed. But I agree, bro. I think that's a that's actually really cool that you said that because I think a lot of people struggle with that, just going in on something and and not being you know scared to just go after it. Yeah, it's definitely. I mean, it, look, I, I can't say that I'm not uh, fearful of doing things. There's a lot of times we're being afraid of failing or being afraid of you know going out there and like again not knowing is definitely a thing. But what I've realized in life is like a lot of experience and things that I've done where I'm like, okay, like take skydiving for example, really random thing. Uh, but it's, it's, you know, that was like a random thing that was like, I want to go do this. And I decided very like spontaneously went out and did it. And it was one of the best experiences of my life. Um, and I had no clue about it. I don't even think I watched the instructional video, I, <laughs> you know, but that's kind of how I've gotten like over time. It's like finding opportunities, going out there and putting myself in uncomfortable positions or, or different things that I've haven't experienced. It's like, then I can relate to more people. And I think that's like the beauty of things when you can relate to so many people, it's, you know, you can always have something to talk about. I love that. Speaking of experiences, how's your experience playing basketball with John Curvin? <laughs> oh, that's incredible. John Curvin, obviously, uh, or you know this, but uh, other people <laughs> might know it, but John Curvin went to high school with me. Uh, we played on the JV basketball team together and it was awesome. You know, he's a guy from North Carolina. Uh, and we actually had a play. I was, I was talking to you about it beforehand that we practiced. I don't know if we ever executed it in the game. We might have tried to do it, but it's where I threw up the ball off the backboard and Curvin came behind me and dunked it. Uh, I think we practiced it more. And I don't, I don't even honestly, again, I don't know if we ever used it, but it was a great experience. John is a great guy and, you know, was a great basketball player and, and really great teammate and fun to be around. I love it, dude. No, I love the Curvin family. John's great. I had to give him a shout out on this episode one because of the connection between you guys, but a funny quick story. And then I want this, we'll get into all the good stuff, but Curvin was actually on my first podcast episode in like back in high school before this was aimed this is actually my third podcast so at the time I had one called the charge and it was like a lightning bolt logo it's about like positive energy and then obviously the play on basketball like taking a charge and we recorded it we were working a summer camp with our middle school coach and we went into this like office closet thing we just sat down literally recorded off a memo on my phone put it on soundcloud and he was on my very first episode of ever doing a podcast so Shout out to Kervin, man. I appreciate that guy. <laughs> That's awesome. That's really cool to hear. It's crazy to hear that you've had this many podcasts and I love the fact that you're pursuing it like you are. It's awesome. Uh, but that's a really cool story about John. He's a great guy. So <laughs> it's a good first guest to have for sure. Let's go. And now, now you, I can't, it can't get much better than that, man. But let's, uh, let's dive in, dude. I know you've got a lot of cool things going on in your life with, you know, the things you're doing now. But even before we touch on that, I would love to kind of set some, some context and foundation for people listening. You had a really great career playing college football, obviously, with a very well-known brand in that in that sport at, at Alabama. Tell me a little bit about your experience playing playing there and what that was kind of like before you even got into what you're doing now. 
Yeah, absolutely. So when I was growing up, I grew up in Birmingham, Alabama. Uh, it was always my dream to play at the University of Alabama. You know, everyone says that, but like you can, there's pictures of me when I was like two years old, three years old. I remember we had like tornadoes in Alabama. I would go out and act like I was fighting the tornadoes in an Alabama helmet and <laughs> with an Alabama jersey on. People thought I was crazy. Like in the jersey, it was like those jerseys was like past my knees. Like I was just like running around <laughs> in the yard. Um, but so I always grew up loving, loving Alabama football, you know, I was a fourth generation. And so getting an opportunity, we'll go to high school. I had like, you know, small D one FCS opportunities, whatever it may be. And then pursued Alabama, went to a camp and got recruited after I had, so I went to this Alabama football camp, uh, with Wendell stone, who was a quarterback at Woodbury force at the time and was highly recruited. Um, and I, I went with tight end. So I, I kind of was a hybrid. I could play tight end wide receiver uh played mostly offense in high school but when I was at this camp one is a tight end and was kind of doing really well in one-on-ones and different events and you know one guy Bobby Williams at the time who was the special teams and tight ends coach at Alabama uh came up to me got my information and then from there on I got a preferred walk on and was like okay I'm gonna take this and it's a really funny story so I ended up getting a phone call and they're like hey we want you to come play for Alabama we don't have any other scholarships available but we want you to play here, preferred walk-on opportunity, which is essentially, you know, you don't have to try out. You come in, you're on the team. They do like very few of them a year. So it was a cool, cool opportunity. And I was like, okay, like a hundred percent, like you already know that I'm doing this. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure I, I tweeted it out or something. And my parent, and there's articles coming out since I was a fourth generation. I had a solid high school career and I get a call from my mom and dad. And they're like, what, what, what's going on? They're like, what's happening? Like, are you sure you got, this opportunity like are you sure you didn't tell your they, parents i i think i did tell them but i don't know if they really comprehended it so my mom and dad are calling me and they're like we're seeing these articles like are you sure <laughs> like are you sure you want to say stuff before we even know that you got an opportunity or whatever i'm like i got an opportunity they want me to come play at alabama so my own parents were like in shock uh <laughs> but ended up getting that opportunity showed up at the university of alabama i would say when i came in wasn't necessarily I thought I could compete, but didn't necessarily think I would get like, you know, playing time or anything like that. And as the years went on, it was just like, okay, I I'm with these guys. I'm getting to compete against the best defensive backs and the best defense in the country every day, whether it's on scout team or whatever it may be. And started to grow in confidence. My playing ability was, you know, like went up tremendously. Uh, and so it was, I loved it. And, you know, throughout the time, didn't play as much as I wanted to, but the opportunity to play under coach Saban and learn from him and, be around some of the best athletes in college football is something I would never take back. I could go literally on and on about the university of Alabama, but um, really while I was there kind of figured out, you know, okay, I had to take a step back. I'm like, I love the game of football, um, but I'm not playing as much. And it was getting frustrating. So I'm like, what was it, you know, I've got to find things to drive me. And what, what was it that made me want to play there? What is it that's going to keep me wanting and, and being happy being there and being part of that team? Um, and a lot of it was like, okay, when I was a kid, I, I looked up to these people. Like yeah. regardless if they ever played a snap or not, I was always looking up to these Alabama football players. And so I took that and I like, I ran with it. I was like, okay, I need to be the best person I can be on this campus, the best person I can be in the community and really make an impact while I've got that A on my chest. And so I'll do community service. I served, you know, around like a hundred hours, I think at a school, um, a Head Start school near campus. that was unbelievable and really enjoyed doing it that there and would take media opportunities, would do, we'd get other guys on the team involved in community service. Um, and just trying to be the best team that I could be and kind of built a brand around it. You know, I, like, again, I said, like I played a couple of snaps. I didn't really play that much. Got to start in a spring game, uh, which was awesome with Mac Jones and, and got the 
Bear Bryant non outs or non scholarship out best player award for <laughs> non scholarship or something. Yeah. Uh, and in that spring game and you know, built all these great relationships and just built a brand off of it would network with, you know, music artists would network with other people and and collaborate, whether it be with like Barstool Sports or Old Row and just kept on networking, using that name and, and you know, just being the best player I could be and best person I could be uh, because I realized that like, okay, a lot of people want access to that locker room. So how do I provide as much insight or access without going against what, you know, anything that would make the team upset or whatever. And, uh, you know, did that and then it kind of made me like a little bit known around the university and um you know propelled me into the stuff i'm doing today so i know that was a lot but like all in all experience at alabama i could go on and on about it we could talk about it for like days and days uh because i love that program i love alabama football and learned you know more than anything and built some great friendships and relationships that i still have today so that's so cool, bro. And, and I think it's safe to say that you've obviously brought them a lot of value, maybe not as much on the field, but just, you know, everything you've contributed to the program um, is super cool. And I, I, I'm glad you brought that up because I wanted to touch on even the perspective of like that experience outside of the football field, because I'm, I'm sure playing for a brand like that in that atmosphere and under those those magnifying glasses and all the different you know outlets you would have access to. Like what I want to hear a little bit more about that side of things, because it sounds like you did a good job of kind of soaking that in as well. And I'm sure there's some stuff that you got to see or kind of experience that that's pretty unique to being in a place like that. So you're talking about like outside of football? Yeah, just being able to kind of like you said, you know, represent the A and where B on the team. But at the same time, you're you're getting to meet up with cool people, people that are, you know, interested in the brand and, and you're able to kind of do some really cool stuff through it. Yeah, again, it was this this idea that I, I realized, okay, a lot of people, especially myself when I was younger, looked up to Alabama football players, whether it's someone on campus, whether it's a janitor, whether it's a custodian, someone working the dining room. And so, like, I realized that and could walk around with that purpose knowing that, okay, it's it, like, you know, anyone can make anyone's day, but, like, when you're an Alabama football player, there's a lot of people who all I can, you know, like a little kid coming after a game and, and asking for an autograph or something, me saying the words like, hey – you know, and taking the time and, and getting to know that kid and being like, look, you, you can be here one day and all this stuff makes a huge impact. Whereas a regular person doesn't have that ability sure. in a sense, like, because they don't wear, you know, they weren't wearing the A. Uh, and so it was really just, it was awesome. Like the people around campus respected you, you had a, a respect and you, you, had, you were held to a higher standard on and off the field. So off the field and having to be, you know, the best person I can be because you're representing that A, it's like representing your family name. Um, and yeah, like the opportunities that it was, it was cool. I, I think like Lil Keed, uh, who passed away this past year, like I got to know him because of the fact of like he, his team liked Alabama football, invited them to a game. They didn't end up getting to come, but like it'd be like things like that where I knew, you know, Benny the Butcher, another guy, uh, got to meet him kind of through Alabama football or Gary Vaynerchuk. You know, the original connection was through Alabama football. So, it was just, it was cool. I realized that at, you know, early on at my time at the university that, you know, okay, people again, want to get an in or want to know something about it or feel like they're a part of the program. And so how do I make as many people feel a part of it as possible or feel included? And, you know, how do I make the biggest impact using, you know, my name and the Alabama football name to help others and just, you know, make people happy. Yeah. And that's, that's great, bro. And honestly, like, I think a big takeaway, at least I'm getting from it is like you, you are obviously extremely talented. You've got a great personality, great energy. You're, you're a natural connector. But at the same time, 
you, you took advantage of the opportunity, you took advantage of the platform and you helped a lot of people, brought a lot of value to different relationships. And I think that's, you know, something to be said, you know, for people listening is like, if you have an opportunity, whether it's Alabama football or whatever it is, like make the most of it and, and let other things come from it. Because I think that's what we go into certain things in life and we don't fully know what's going to be on the other side. But when you make the most of it, you tend to see more opportunities on the other side. So it's really cool to see kind of how you've done that even in your football career. And now I'm sure on a whole nother level with everything you're doing. Yeah, absolutely. And you, you made a great point. I mean, it's like whatever you do, no matter what it is. I mean, Coach Saban has a story that he loves about like, it's a quote, I think from Martin Luther King, like if you're going to be a street sweeper, be the best street sweeper you can be. But talking about that, like you could be anyone and you can provide value to just about anyone. You just got to figure out what that value is that you're bringing to the table um, and, you know, leverage that and, you know, use it to help people use it to do your, your, the best job you can do while you're there. So anything you can do, it, it can, it can be special and important um, as long as you, you know, go all in with it and uh, you know, value what you're doing. I love that dude. So you get on campus, you're obviously there to play football and get an education. I'm not going to leave that out. <laughs> um, but did you have a plan or a vision for where you wanted to go? Obviously you might not have had, maybe you did have NFL dreams, but throughout the career, you maybe saw that wasn't, going to be the way you were going to go like did you have an, an avenue or a way you were headed or planning on heading yeah I guess what what it was is that I truly loved it was it was an interesting thing because when most people want to play football when they're growing up they're like I want to be in the NFL I was a kid saying and, and when they're like what do you want to be when you grow up like I have it in a little book in second grade I was like I want to be an Alabama football player so <laughs> I, I I didn't really it was almost like a screw with my mind because I'm like okay yeah. I accomplished this goal. I accomplished this dream. I'm an Alabama football player. Like what's next? Sure. You know, like I've accomplished this big, that was my mountain. That was my peak. And I got there. And so I'm like, okay, do I want to play in the league? Like, what do I want to do? Um, and I think I did. I always had a thought like, you know, no matter if I got playing time or not that I could make it to the league. Uh, and I really did want to play the next level, whether that be NFL, XFL, USFL, whatever it may be. Uh, I, I just wanted to keep playing football because there's something beautiful about the sport of football. It's, it's, got this simplicity you know you go out there and you compete and it's you know you follow the plays and there's a lot of complex things within the you know on the field and stuff but at the end of the day it's pretty simple you work out you compete you stay in shape you're a good teammate and you get paid for it you know at the nfl or the pro level um and so that's kind of what i was like started to feel like like i'm gonna work my tail off be the best person and player in this you know locker room i can be um but that was kind of my goal. But at the same time, while doing that, I always realized and I heard people say, you know, football is going to end. So whether that's at college, whether that's in the NFL, you got to have a plan. You got to have preparation moving forward. And so I was always pursuing other things. I was constantly working like I would go out sometimes, but later in my career, didn't go out as much and stuff because I was working, whether it's like, you know, DMing someone and being like, hey, like, I would love to get you tickets to a game, would love to invite you or talking to someone or spending time doing a podcast or an interview, um, these different things. I was like, I might as well build my brand at the same time and work to network and communicate with people and prepare myself for opportunities if football ends, which, it, you know, for anyone it could end, for anyone it could end up being a, a great opportunity and leading yeah. on to a lot longer things. But yes, to answer your question, I had, I had a vision of doing stuff uh, while in college and, and always saw myself being like a Gary V type figure later on in life or, you know, like a barstool having the same kind of concept or thing as like a barstool sports being this person who started something, a business and also had a voice and was able to impact others. Yeah, that's great. And I, I, that makes a lot of sense. And I think it's cool to see how 
how the game we play, whether it be basketball, football, whatever, can open up a lot of doors, but it's like what you do with those doors really matters. And the way you've kind of prepared it, I think, at least what I've seen, a lot of my, a lot of my teammates are crushing it and doing their thing. But I think, generally speaking, a lot of athletes have a tough time making that transition from playing college sports and not going, like going to the pros and whatever they're doing and, and trying to navigate, an, I guess you could say, a normal life or, you know, a non-athletic life uh, style and job. And so the fact that you were already kind of paving that foundation um, or building that foundation and kind of paving that way makes a lot of sense. What, what did that look like? I mean, you touched on a little bit, DMing guys, kind of building your brand, but this is kind of where I want to dive a little deeper with you because you do such a good job of building your brand and helping a lot of people along the way. I, I would love to hear more about what that really looks like and how you've kind of managed to, to build that in this way. Yeah, so in college, it was a lot of, you know, when I was in college, it was more about the fact of like, how can I meet and impact as many people as possible and give value to as many people as possible? That was my goal. I didn't know, again, we talked about the transition from after you're done with college sports, I still don't know the answer to how to, like, I'm still with that. Like, I'm still like struggling with that a little bit, even being out of it. Like, what do I do? But I was going to prepare myself to have some options after. Um, But it was, my goal wasn't necessarily to have anything that I could utilize. It was literally just like, I don't know what I'm going to use this for, but let me invest in myself. So like I said, it would be, you know, there might be a a kid at the time whose podcast wasn't like yours or anything, but like was a lower tier podcast and had, you know, one viewer, but I went and did those opportunities. I would take those opportunities in college and my mom and dad would be like, wait, like, why are you, you know, I'd be like, I got to go do this podcast or I got to go, you know, do a zoom call with this company. They want to learn more about this. Um, And I would take these opportunities. I wasn't getting paid for them. Uh, and it's a, a little bit like it's sometimes it's like, gosh, why am I doing this? But again, it was all about investing in myself. So taking opportunities and realizing that those opportunities don't always have to be monetary value. It can be an investment in yourself. And I kept on investing in myself, working with other people, talking to other people, networking constantly, showing up at events, bringing my, my friends, my teammates with me places and introducing them to people and providing value all around. So it's just this whole thing of providing value, providing value. Um, and you know like just doing just doing a lot for other people all the time yeah that's that's super cool dude I love that and I think you know what a lot of people don't see it's easy to look at your life on social media or from the outside and be like man he's killing it and you definitely are but what a lot of people don't see is the back end all the hard work all the relationships all the messages all the calls all the things like you and making introductions like that's what a lot of people don't see and I think it's cool to, to shed light on that and, and how you really do have a heart to, to bring people value to, and also to put yourself out there. And that's, I think, when the, the opportunities come that people really are looking for. Yeah, absolutely. I think, again, it's it's tough because everyone wants to, you know, get paid for every little thing. And like now I'm at the point where I almost have to, you know, sometimes for opportunities have to get paid just because it's like the time is very valuable. It was val- valuable back then, but I had more time and I had something else that I was focused on. Um but yeah, it's just always about constantly bringing value to others because you don't know if, if you talk to so-and-so, you meet so-and-so, you provide value to them. Or my one of my favorite things to do is take so-and-so over here, so-and-so over here, both would love to meet each other, would love to know each other, could benefit from each other and introduce them because then you're the guy who introduced them. And so if you keep doing that, you have this just massive network built up on, you know, oh, I like, yeah, I met so-and-so people. Like, how did y'all meet? Like, oh, we met each other through Matt Hereford, you know? And it's like, that's a fun thing to, to feel. It's a good feeling. No doubt. And it's it's such a cool position to be in because like when you do it properly and you kind of have a, a good enough understanding of each side of the 
you know, the, the deal or whatever you want to call it, everybody wins. Like everyone's going to get value from that. And I think doing things in life where everyone can win and bring value, I think it's, it's a really cool place to be. Um, you've had some incredible opportunities to work with some cool brands, Old Row, doing stuff with College Game Day. I think you even mentioned at one point doing stuff with, with Get Engaged Media. Talk about some of those opportunities and experiences and how you've been able to kind of bring value to them. Yeah, so I think one of the biggest things that I do that I think is a, a, a cool thing is you have, you have people who are content creators, influencers, people who do media. So they're doing brand deals over here. They have like a marketing person managing them. And then you have people who are working in the media space, consulting all this different stuff, like more the business side. What I've tried to do is one, grow this kind of content creator side, build a brand and use it one, just for like to, to impact others, have fun, laugh around a lot of documenting, like good times with friends and use that as a resume to then get opportunities here in the business side. Mm -hmm. um, and that's what I've, gotten the ability to do but when we talk about the college game day collaboration i've gotten the opportunity to, to collaborate with them a couple times this year and that came around just because i you know like i said i i did something for a different organization uh and actually did it for free and so then the college game day reaches out to them is like hey who are some good people for this and that company because i did that for them is you know felt good about giving sharing my name and then it look get opportunities with college game day and it was a ton of fun to get meet to get to meet Kirk Herbstreet and the crew and, you know, work with that ESPN team, a lot of great people um, couldn't be any friendlier. And I like to, it's, it's fun, those opportunities because they work with some people who are these massive influencers. I wouldn't say I'm like on that level yet of like big, big content creator, or big name, but I make it enjoyable. My goal is to go in there and like, okay, I'm going to do this collaboration with college game day. I'm going to make it their most fun person I ever work with so that I can have a relationship going forward. Um, so that's been an awesome experience, a lot of fun. I love that ESPN college game day team, uh, and everyone around it and the crew, everyone couldn't have been nicer. And, you know, it was, it was a ton of fun working with them. And then you, like you mentioned, get engaged media. So it was a group, one of my, my buddies, Cam Fordham is the co-founder of, uh, get engaged media. And I'll tell you, I've gotten an opportunity. I worked with them earlier this year and I still do some work here and there with them, but I just want to shed light on one him. Cause Cam is, if, if anyone out there wants to research or learn about someone who's really crushing it, Cam Fordham is that guy. Uh, him, as they like to call it uh, <laughs> these days, because he's found a way to really take and integrate this massive media side of things that's untraditional and bring it to these big name brands like Raising Cane's. I'm wearing this hat right now. Uh, and, and working with them is cool because they're a business who knows what they're doing. And I'd, again, I would encourage anyone who's looking to grow or make a media, digital media uh, agency or business or marketing group, to look at how they're doing things and get engaged just because they do things differently, you know, from top to bottom, great group, like take care of their employees and the opportunities they're giving for others is just unbelievable. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. I've, I've definitely seen you post with that guy. He looks, he looks outstanding and, and what they do is, is super cool. It seems like they've got a lot of good energy around the, uh, the brand and what they're doing. That's awesome. Yeah. Cam, I, I look up to the way again, Cam does <laughs> things because it's kind of, very similar. I, I find myself being very similar to him and the way we work and operate. And he's a good dude. And, you know, again, provides value to so many different people. Um, and it's just awesome to see, you know, he's, he's crushing it. And you've even, yeah, that's great. And you've even done a lot of stuff because you're, you're based in Nashville, right? Obviously you're yep. traveling, doing stuff, but based in Nashville. Yep. 
and so yeah you, i've even seen you're getting involved in in nashville like like with the titans different you know soccer everything like that so talk even about that making an immediate impact because i know you do a lot on social media and, and leverage those relationships and touch other places but you've even made a really strong brand and presence in in the city you live in yeah absolutely so again going back to college it was this whole concept of what are the what are the things that are valuable about that i that i have whether it's skills gifts assets how do I show those values and put them in front of other people? And so immediately when I got to Nashville, it's like, okay, how can I provide value to this music artist? How can I provide value to this person? And so it's networking with them, doing things for them, whether it's for free or whether it's for, you know, whatever, and leveraging that and creating a relationship with them and then connecting dots. So I've met all these people. This person over here at this bar has VIP table service relations. One of my good friends, Fabiano, does all that. And it's cool because it's like, okay, this makes sense for Fabiano to meet this person. This person would love to meet Fabiano, introduce them to. And when you're bringing different people business, it, it's, and you're friends with them, it's fun. And it's an easy way to get known in a city. And like, you know, again, it's about connecting the dots, providing value to others. That's immediately what I wanted to do when I got to Nashville. And I think I've done a decent job of doing it. I love it, bro. That's so cool, man. And it, it's, again, not to belay the point, like, you know, not to kill the point, but it really does come down to bringing people value. And I think, when you go in with a hard posture of serving and saying, what can I bring? What can I give? What can I, you know, who can I introduce to help? And, and you come with that hard posture 10 times out of 10, it's going to come back full circle and work out for you in the end. Cause it's just the way things work. And I think when people go in with a selfish mindset of like, how can I get more money here? How can I, you know, meet this person for my own selfish good and, and don't have that right mindset. It really doesn't work out that way. Absolutely. Yeah. I would say it's, it's like, it's, it can be exhausting at times, but it's definitely, you know, what I feel called to do um, is just helping and, and connecting others and providing value. You know, it's, it's fun to do it. I'm super curious because um, I know you do travel a lot. You're, you're, you crush it in Nashville, but you move around some. Like I've been I've been traveling a good amount since I got done playing college basketball. How do you manage like I don't know if you're some people aren't routine people. I feel like I'm relatively a routine person. So it's been that's been something I've had to adjust with. But how have you kind of managed living a life where you, you are traveling, meeting a lot of people and just trying to understand, like, how to navigate that properly? Yeah, it, it's very tough to do. And I don't think I've done it, you know, the best the best way or the, the you know, I think I could do it better. Uh, but a lot about it is, OK, figuring out who, what kind of person you are. Like you said, I think because we're athletes, we thrive with structure a lot of times. Yeah. Um, and so it's creating, although it's like, my life is like structureless, you know, it's like, people ask me, when do you work? I'm like, I don't work, but I work all the time, you know, I'm 24 <laughs> right. seven working. I could be texting someone about some kind of work thing when I'm at the bar at 12 PM at night, 1230, 1 AM in the morning, like, you know, 1 AM in the morning, whatever it may be, yeah. I could be working, but the traveling and stuff can get exhausting and it's a lot. And I'm, like I said, I thrive on structure. So that's been tough for me, but one of the, the couple of the ways that I've been able to combat that are just by creating many structures, micro cosm like microcosm type structures i guess is the right word i don't know trying to use a big word there but like basically small things like if it's like working out what's something that, that i can do consistently every day no matter where i am working out so i get a workout in almost every day you know i do i read a devotional every day i do different things and different steps every day um that i know will provide structure and then i try to structure my days out i have a calendar and again it could be like i make my calendar today for tomorrow you know like i plan out tomorrow from the day I'm always on the go and you got to be okay with it. And I think that's like letting go of the fact that like, okay, it's all going to be okay. And just 
taking a lot of opportunities and, and traveling and just going all into these different things and realizing to stay present. Cause a lot of times mm. if you're thinking about the future or the past, you get caught up in those things and you're, you're not having as, as good as a time. So I like to stay present, jump into opportunities and just go for it. So good, bro. That's helpful, man. That's helpful to me. Hopefully someone listening can take from that, but that's awesome, man. You're, you play a little bit of golf. I know you're, you're a football athlete, football player, but I know I've seen you on the golf course a little bit and doing different things, different charity events. Um, and, and you're working with old row as well, right? With golf. Yeah. So I'm old rose golf personality. Uh, I got into golf probably a year and a half ago, two years <laughs> ago, almost. Um, basically that whole thing happened. Cause I, my, a lot of my family likes to play golf, but my grandmother and grandfather were great golfers. Um, and my grandmother gave me her old clubs like a while ago. I never really used them. They're too short for me. I'm like bent over like a hunchback when I'm trying to use them, but I was playing with these women's ping clubs. I had about seven putters in my bag. There's a video online that shows off my bag. It's like seven putters. I didn't even have a driver. Um, but I played one day with my cousin, uh, David Faulkner, who played college tennis at Belmont. He was in Nashville. So we, he took me out to play one day and I was with his buddies and I pull out a five iron on a par four and almost hit it to the green. And then I was like, okay, like that's, that's golf. Like it gets you hooked, you know? So it was like one little thing that happened. And then I ended up eagling or had an eagle or a birdie, one or the other on the hole, um, and kept on playing golf. And then it's like old row. I had a connection with the owner there who we talked and communicated and they didn't have like a golf page or golf brand. They were really pushing at the time. And we worked out a relationship where it's like, okay, I'll be their golf personality. I'll go out there and play. Uh, and it's kind of cool and it's interesting because you would think golf personality, they need to be good at golf, like far from it. Uh, <laughs> I just enjoy the sport and love connecting with others on the course and just going out there and, and, and having fun. And so that's been really fun getting to work with them and use, you know, it just like that relationship to propel myself in the golf world. I've done stuff with PXG. Um, and yeah, I've played in a lot of charity tournaments and events and actually played in one this past Monday. So two days ago. Uh, and my team won with the net overall score, which was kind of cool. It was my first wow. golf scramble team win. Let's go. Congrats on the win, man. We need to, uh, we need to, I'll come out to Nashville. We'll go play. I, I'm not very good, but I definitely recognize the importance of it. Uh, it's just a good game. Honestly, though, I do think you obviously can have a great career in golf and play forever, but pickleball is another thing I've seen you do. Talk to talk a little bit of that. Cause I think that is something <laughs> growing and, and you've kind of been in that space too. Yeah. So I, again, I like to jump into like just about anything, um, but pickleball, I think around again, the same kind of time, maybe a year and a half ago, two years ago, my parents were into it and they're like this sport pickleball, you got to play it. And I'm like, no, I'm not sitting on the small court. Uh, you know, I'm like, I can't do that. Like I'm an actual athlete, like telling that to my parents and stuff. What I realized is that pickleball is not that easy. It's, it's really hard. And it's really competitive, a ton of fun. Almost. I like to compare it to a mix between tennis and ping pong kind of a mix between the two sure. um and just got into it like my parents showed me the sport i was playing with my family my friends and was like okay this sport's growing a lot and there's a space i need to be in and educated about uh and ever since it's been booming and i've, I've kind of tried to make it wave like a wave of it across nashville like inviting different friends to come out i think i've probably bought like 16 to 18 people alone to the sport <laughs> of pickleball uh and then at the same time a company i talked uh i talked to a company and they're like hey like we would love to talk to you about pickleball end up making a pickleball paddle and coming out with my own paddle uh yep. that's now sold out but i'm uh. debating i think i might do some work with them in the future and um uh, you know 
come out with a new paddle or whatnot, but just want to be in that space and, and use that as an opportunity. Again, I didn't, I didn't promote it that much. I didn't push it that much. It was organically sold. Uh, just had a decent paddle and, you know, take it out and play with people with it. And they're like, where'd you get that? And I'm like, well, actually I sell them. Uh, <laughs> and it was getting them out there and people and friends were supporting me and buying it. So that was a really fun little project that I went on and, you know, like to make some pickleball content and just, it's, it's another thing like golf, like sports just bring people together. So Really love the sports, a lot of fun, and I've, I've been playing a ton recently. That is so cool, man. Yeah, dang, I, I missed the window. I wanted to paddle, dude. I, I wish I didn't. And there was. A... I might come out. I might come out with a uh, with a newer version that might be a little bit more improved too. So I'll keep you in the loop about it. I love it, bro. Please do, man. No, I I appreciate it, man. It's it's cool to hear everything that you're doing, and and honestly, I just I love your heart posture behind it because I know you do come at it with a very genuineness of just wanting to help people, bring people together, and that's so powerful, man. What what do you have kind of going on for big goals or visions of where you want this thing to go? Obviously that might be a tough question to answer considering the nature of kind of how you operate, but are there anything, any projects you want to shed light on or, or some visions or goals you're trying to tackle? Yeah, I would say, gosh, this is all over the place. Juicy question. Uh, I wish I had a, a more definitive answer. You know, whiteboard, um, like map it out. <laughs> yeah, I know I should do that, but I have a lot of goals and a lot of visions. I, I really want to be a trailblazer. I think that the way I do things, again, a lot of people say, and this will come back to bite me in the butt, but um, because I'll probably in like a year or two change this whole entire methodology that I'm going with. But <laughs> everyone says like, you got to stick to one thing. You got to pursue one thing at a time. And I get that. I completely do. But if you look at the way at Alabama, it was like I had Alabama football, but then I was doing all this other stuff on the side and I made it work. And so sure. my thing is like, I don't want to limit myself to anything. You know, if I want to go out and play pickleball and get into the pickleball world and, and talk to, you know, um, the official PPA tour about doing something, or if I want to go play in golf charity events and, and be a golf personality, or if I want to be a football personality and stuff and do stuff with college game day, if I want to go on radio shows, I want to be able to do it all. Like, that's just how it is. And, and it, again, it might be, um, like sports where I played so many sports when I was younger and never felt like I was like the best at any of them, but I was solid in all of them. But I think at the end of the day, I want to keep doing those different things and all trying to lead to a, to a certain vision of probably being something like a, a Barstool Sports or a Gary Vee at the end of the day, someone or a Cam Fordham guys who are like utilizing the social aspect and being a voice to others, but also having the ability to bring in and, and produce talent, make talent, like take my friend who, you know, is, is really impressive at this um, with social media, but, or whatever it may be golf, um, and take them and say, Hey, let me put you in a place to succeed. Let me teach you how to make content yeah. and, and let me make you boom. Or there's a company that is out there and I'm like, wow, I really love your vision. And I, if I had the opportunity just to shed light on them and post about it on social media and then make them pop off, like that's special. So my end goal or end game is to be a businessman entrepreneur and also have, you know, a voice uh, across digital social media uh, and media and marketing in general um, and just connect and, and keep, you know, meeting other people. So good. I know dude. it's again, I know it's all over the place, but no, like, I, it, I love it. We're, we're super fortunate. We live in a time where we can do that. Like if you do it properly, you know how to navigate the waters and how to bring people value. Like you totally can do all of it. You really can. And I think that's where it's a, it's a fun time to be in. It's a fun time to be creative. And that's when things can get really like, if you can create systems, you can understand your bandwidth. You can understand how to leverage your connections and bring people value. It's like, what can you not do? There's no, there's really no limitation. Yeah, absolutely. Let's go, man. Dude, 
I can't thank you enough. This has been a really fun episode. You're an amazing guy. Thank you for the time of coming on. And I know our, our community, our AIM fam, definitely enjoyed this conversation. Absolutely, man. I really appreciate you having me on. I know I rambled a lot, was all <laughs> over the place. Uh, sometimes it's hard for me to be like in one direction, but uh, <laughs> I made me laugh because I was thinking of the, the, the band. But uh, <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's hard for me to be in one spot and there's a lot of topics we covered, but uh, absolutely would love to come back on sometime, talk a little bit about more things and hopefully provided some value to others out there. And, uh, you know, again, happy that we made this work. Let's get it, man. I'll be in Nashville soon. We got to connect and uh, maybe we'll play some pickleball or golf. Either one. <laughs> got to. We can do a little bit of both. <laughs> I'm down, bro. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Thank you guys so much for listening to another great episode of the AIM podcast. I hope that you enjoyed this conversation with Mac and it would mean the world to us if you left a rating and review and share this with a friend. We want to continue to keep growing this AIM family and we want to touch more and more lives every single day. Let's get after this week. Let's crush it. And as always, keep ambition in mind.